with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Gumby and Alan Witch. Tiny bio is, you know, Jeffrey yesterday, then Jeffrey today. Well, you know, so I, I'm, you know, I grew up in the, my father was in the military, so I lived all over the United States and ended up going and working in the United States House, United States Senate at one time, and then went off and started a public relations firm. And that PR firm led me to ended up buying and selling over 250 companies in my career, about 25 billion in transaction, and then uh, running companies of budgets of up to 17 billion at, at, at uh, my last job, where I was CMO of a Fortune 100 company, Kodak at the time, and left there and then started, uh, started uh, a couple of different businesses. I did my own couple of books and speaking and and doing my own tv shows on bloomberg and and uh my podcast uh, which has been on cbs now it's part of c-suite radio and c-suite tv we decided to go off and do our own thing um to get off uh, broadcast because more people are watching us uh, digitally or listening to us digitally than they are through uh you know uh terrestrial stations or traditional broadcast stations so um, that's been led to, you know, millions, uh, millions of followers and, um, listeners that we have and on the, or viewers on the show or on the various shows that we have and, and now leading C-suite network. And another company I lead is also called Tallgrass, which is a public relations, social media firm. I never get away from that. Um, because we have all these people say, Hey Jeff, come do this for us too. Do what you've done for yourself and other companies come do this for us. So, so I, you know, I say, okay, well, we got tall grass over here. Um, and tall grass stands for, if you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass. That's the slogan for the company. So, so, I like it. That's, uh, you know, like some people, all. some people get offended by it. And if you get offended by, I don't kiss oh, off. I, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you, if you do get offended, then you're not a high growth company. You don't get it. I guess, right. you know, this is what the company does. That's what they do. They build, they build you from small to big very quickly. We have companies, you know, that are like that, like DocuSign and many others that have, um, I happen to be on their board as well now, but, um, you know, that, that get it, that are moving very fast and that's what we help them do. And if, you know, we typically, Tallgrass will sit down and say, well, we work with high growth companies and then we shut up. And if they have, if they ask us, well, what's a high growth company? We go, well, obviously you're not one because you have to ask. You know? yeah, that's, that's our selection process. So, so that's how we weed you out. So. You I have love that. Handshake, you're in. If not, you're out. Yeah, it's, uh, if you don't know the secret handshake, then I'm not teaching it to you. <laughs> 
I, I love it. And, and, to, and to learn that stuff, obviously, you've got to get out there and, uh, and mix it up. So listen, you've got a lot of things uh, that you've done. And a question that I always love asking is, what was one of your biggest learnings um, that, you know, where you are uh, at your age now um, and looking back, what was something that really stood out that was, you know, maybe one of those, as they call the TSM turning points or, or something significant that changed uh, in your life? You know, the the biggest thing is, you know, business on Main Street in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and a business on Wall Street, there's no difference. That's what I learned. You take away business, the zeros, uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's the same thing. And, and and we get in our heads that, oh, my God, it's billions of dollars. Who gives a shit? Take the zeros off. You know, take the zeros off. And is it a good decision in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? It's a good decision in Rochester, New York, or or worldwide because of the way in which you look at it. It's a great – make your business decisions based on conditions of satisfaction of what you're trying to drive. So if you're trying to drive them based on that, the zeros are just the scale. That's all. That's the only difference. And so the second I figured that out, you know, because, cause, you know, my father-in-law once asked me, he's a, a farmer rancher, uh, retired now, and he said, Jeff, how do you do this? And I said, well, you know, Bob, I just take the zeros off. And and the faster I learned that, and the faster that I learned that the guy across from me, even though, you know, now I'm that guy, that even though he's on TV all the time, or even though he's, you know, mm-hmm. at the top of business and everybody knows who he is in business and so forth, you know, I found out pretty quick they all put their pants on the same way or they're dressed on the same way. So, so I don't get in, I don't get intimidated by that. I'm impressed by it. I'm honored by it. I, I I I recognize it. I acknowledge it. But that doesn't mean it intimidates me. And 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 that's those are some of the things, Christopher, that I kind of learned uh, early on. And not not because you know, look, I'm six foot three, two hundred and you know, sixty seventy pounds. So I'm a big guy anyway. But you know, I never saw myself that way in business. I always saw myself as a, a guy from South Dakota. And the second I got over that and and said, look, you know, uh, exporting is not something we do to Iowa. You know, it's bigger. And then and right. then I got over and then I used that, quite frankly, I used that South Dakota thing, you know, that, oh, I'm just a guy from South Dakota because they would underestimate right. me, man. And then I would smack them. So it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, the element, uh, the element of surprise. And, and you said something, you know, it's the way you looked at it, and um, which draws me to the attention that, you know, we can't outperform the image of ourselves, right? So, you know, for you, creating what you've created and, and being involved is you've always had some, I guess, some sort of vision of it. Tell us a little bit about that, you know, how uh, people may have ideas, things they really want to go after, and they put themselves in that doubt category um, of themselves. And, you know, how are some of the, you know, key ways that maybe you've dealt with it or, or that, you know, you teach now based on a lot of your experience uh, working with other people as well? Yeah, it, it's a big problem for a lot of people and it, for anyone. I mean, look, don't think that the, even the greatest, um, most narcissistic or, or even the most uh, – uh, confident of people don't have those voices in the back of their heads. They're there. They're there all right. the time. Sure. It, somebody asked me at a big celebrity event that we were at about marketing once. Um, it was a very private event for brands and for, you know, heavy level marketers and celebrities. And we were on stage and they said, Jeff, what happens when you hear those little voices in your head? And I go, what voices? <laughs> and of course I knew what he was talking about, but I said, what voices? And they said, you know, there's voices of doubt before you step on the stage. I said, you know, I stopped inviting them to dinner a long time ago. 
<laughs> and and, and <laughs> like like meaning they're there just i don't like them i don't want to talk to them so quit listening to them so stop inviting them to dinner stop inviting them into your head stop inviting them in into the conversation you know don't don't get me wrong i mean i gotta go before i go on stage you know i'm a hall of fame speaker but before i go on stage i gotta go pee 20 times you know because that's just you know i get nervous just like everybody else right but but right. You, you know you get over that and you stop listening to the little voices the other thing is get very clear about what your conditions of satisfaction are you know so what are your personal conditions of satisfaction so for me you know they're very simple it's about building wealth for me and my family um sometimes that's difficult to do because you're you're risking a lot of stuff i'm you know i've been in that category many times and i'll do it again and um <laughs> right and then the second is around uh for me it's around learning new things you know making it interesting and then the third is around uh being able to to uh to have fun so from those are my three and and right. if i don't have those three i don't want to do them i i really don't want to do them and so so those are my conditions of satisfaction so you know what are yours see a lot of people go into it they don't know what they want to do now mine are mm -hmm. more simplified they used to be a little bit more complicated now as i get older i learn uh, about about 10 years ago, I came up with those, and that's how I kind of wanted to do it. So even I went to Kodak. I went to Kodak. Um, it was it, it was I was hoping to build wealth, which I didn't happen. Um, I was hoping to, to learn new things, which was unbelievable. And then the fun thing was sometimes, not always. And so right. you can usually have two of those and, and, and wait for the third. But, you know, after, you know, for me, I have to have all three. And because it, it just didn't make sense. I mean, I really enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed working there, but it wasn't fun at the end. It wasn't fun. And, and so, you know, even though I was learning so much, I mean, I can't tell you how much I learned and I was hoping that we'd build wealth, but you know, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, sure. you sure. didn't pivot. Was it, what, what was the reason for not really seeing what was coming? Oh, they saw it. Come on. I mean, nobody wakes up every morning and hopes, you know, says, I can't wait to be stupid. So, but, the, you know, it, it's, it's tough to turn a ship that big. You can't, yeah. look, you're talking about a company that had, you know, more market cap than Apple, for God's sakes. You know, uh, one of the biggest, most iconic brands in the world. So they started believing their own stories. And this is what happens to a lot mm -hmm. of us or in business. We start getting into these stories that were like they said, we we're a film company. They were never a freaking film company. Company. They were about right. making, managing, moving images and information. They had material science and imaging science. It came together. That's the sweet spot. That's what they had. But yet they said it was film. No, you can have material science and imaging science. It can still be a digital business. But they didn't. They got so pigeonholed down into the film side that they the hubris of that, right. you know, overshadowed everything else. Rather than stepping back and saying what kind of company. I mean, they had the only product that people would actually run back into a burning building to save. Well, could they have done that with a digital product? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They couldn't get it their own way. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, part of it. You see, when you get to be that, that big, that huge, then the systems come into place. Then the, the way you do it. And then you say, well, that's how we do things here. And the second you start saying shit like that, man, you're in trouble. You're done. Right. Yeah, you're done. Right. You know, rather than saying, look, we're going to be a company that does it the best, whatever it is we do. Okay. Now that opens us up to new possibilities rather than saying we're the best film company. Right. So, okay. and, and that therein lies the issue that you got to do. It's about, to me, I, I say this in my book, think big, act bigger, change, adapt, or die. 
And if you right. don't do, if you don't right. do that, you, you're going to freaking die. And that's what happens, you know. But okay, I mean, well, again, let's... look at the company today. The company's, you know, everybody thinks, oh, what a loser. Well, they're nine billion dollars. Our company, yeah, right. nine billion dollars. Right. Nine billion. How'd you like to be a nine billion dollar company? Oh, I'm in. And they and they put two <laughs> they put and they put two billion to the bottom line. So, you know, you know, they didn't go bankrupt back in the two 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 years ago. They went bankrupt back in 1975, and that's when they discovered the camera and, and forgot what they were supposed to be doing. So, so right. let, let's hang on that for a second. Your company out there, or there is a company out there, company A, let's call them. How do they avoid? What's the what's the red flag? That last point before jump off that they should say, okay, hey, we need now to pivot, or X is going to happen to us. Well, what's your is it a mental decision, or is no, it? A but what? No, what's your conditions of set? No, it's it's all those things, right? Again, what's your conditions of satisfaction? If if look. I'm running a business today. My my goal is to make it worth a billion dollars or more. Now, and that's I'm talking about the C-suite network. If I'm only half successful and if half a billion, would I be happy? Yes. Now, but but what's to say that in the pivot or in the understanding is at some point I come to the realization that that will never be a half a billion or a billion dollar company, but it's making money and giving me a great lifestyle. Well, then I have to either change my expectations and say that's mm -hmm. worth it or move on, right? And so, right. again, what's the conditions of satisfaction of what you're trying to drive? And so that's what you have to do. I mean, I see great businesses that might not be, you know, billion-dollar businesses, but they're multi-million and they're still making a great their cat, great cash business. It really gets down to your condition of satisfaction and what you're trying to drive. And, and most people don't spend enough time thinking about that or, or putting, I, a, putting a decision – you know, a timeline that says by this timeline decision. by this time. Why? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm going to tie this. Uh, I'm going to tie this question. In, uh, you know, Jeffrey for Bobby Wagner, who asked, and, and I think you're on to uh, the conditions of satisfaction. What is your why? So he's asking you uh, for what you do. So obviously, you know, um, what you're doing now, and how did you find? How did you find it? And maybe you can address Bobby um, so that uh, he's watching right now. It'd be great. Hey, Bobby, thanks for asking the question. Well, so I have a, a right over my door here in Sioux Falls. In fact, if you look on the tall grass page, people, I would put, you know, we're, we got to run with the big dogs. You know, you got to learn to pee with the tall grass, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then someone asked, why are you in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? Because our office is in New York, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, and Sioux Falls. And I finally <laughs> said, because we can't. You know, the, and, and, and so that's my why. Love it. Okay. So that's my why. Because I can, okay. you know, because and, you and can. yeah, because I can, I mean, what the hell you know, look and go be and do whatever you want to do. I mean, a lot of people talking about, I was with Stedman Graham a couple of weeks ago, you know, and it was, I, I, I termed the episode, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, which means you got to be happy with you first. And once you're happy with you first, then you can take care of everything else. Right. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. if you're not, if you're wrecking everything else, uh, quite frankly, even if you're if you're a leader of a business, you'll wreck it because you're because you, you got problems. You know, it's just a mess. So you got to really take sure. care of yourself. So the why is you got to get real clear about you and what you want and how you want to do it. And and then be and be comfortable with that. I'm, I'm a, as you guys know, I'm fairly comfortable with me, you know, meaning 
I look, I look, I've been married for 30 some years. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be married to me cause I know me, but you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I've got somebody that's married to me. So, so the, I, I got problems just like everybody else, but, but I am who I am and I accept it. I know it. And I, and I clearly understand it. So the why is always about why, because I can't. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, you talk, you talk in your book about, um, you know, think, think bigger and act bigger. Say you're a new company coming on, you're a new entrepreneur, a little, a little scared, a little, a little nervous about their, their offering. Does that apply to them too? Yeah, but for everybody. So, you know, like if I'm sitting in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I think I'm pretty good on Main Street, well, why am I pretty good on 41st Street, across town? Am I, am I good in the whole county? Am I the best in five counties? Let's just start adding zeros. Am I the best in the eastern part of the state? I'm in the best in the whole state. Am I best? By the way, Iowa is only 14 miles away. Am I best in Iowa? So, so, so you just start adding zeros. I mean, again, it's, that's that fundamentally that simple in, in being able to start. So first start good and get great with 10 customers. Now double it. Now get to 100. Now get to 1,000. Now get to 10,000, you know, and if you start looking at it like that, it ain't so freaking hard, you know? So it's interesting, uh, you know, Jeffrey, you've got a, you know, a, a look on this to not overwhelm yourself by deduction uh, of zeros, you know, and then you've got this induction of zeros once you're um, comfortable and confident and, you know, again, uh, a lot of things you covered so far is start to I mean, disassociate look, yourself, you know, from some of the, I mean, look at, the doubts look, and things. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, if some of us played football back in high school, right? You know, you, you weren't a superstar right off the bat. You had to do right. drills. You had to get started. Sure. You had to learn the fundamentals. And once sure. you learned the fundamentals, then you started practicing it more. The more you practice, the better you got. Right. The faster you got, the quicker you got. And, right. I, you know, I that's pretty much what you can do. So I look for things today that, I mean, I'm sitting here doing the invitations this morning to, to a couple hundred people for a big Scotch tasting event that we're doing in, in San Francisco in a couple of weeks. We, we'll, at the C-Suite Network, we'll do 150 events this year. And, wow. And I'm in, and I'm I guess I'll, I'll, keep an eye, I'll keep an eye on my mail. It's coming any minute now. It's coming any minute. So uh, the, you might have to change that T-shirt to show up. But other than that, that's it. That's it. Sounds the, good. That's all right. I'm at, I'm at the beach. Hey, I'm at the beach, brother. I'm all yeah. good. Hey, be, be you, man. It's like that's like when I showed up on the set of Bloomberg for the very first time as I was a contributing editor. I mean, they hired me and they they came to me and said, Mr. Hazel, we'd like you to wear a suit. I said, I don't wear suits. And they said, well, can you wear at least some real pants, not jeans? I go, nope, I wear jeans. No, and they go, jeans. yeah. And they go, well, what about a type? Nope, don't wear them. Not ever. Don't own anymore. You know, in fact, I was thinking about this the other day that, um, you know, so you got to be who you are. But in that, but I was thinking about this the other day. If, if I had to go to a freaking funeral, I got to borrow somebody's suit. <laughs> I, I don't have a suit to wear for somebody's funeral. So I hope when they're dead, they don't mind that I show up in jeans and a jacket. So anyway, right. Well, yeah. you got to apologize point, ahead of time. Yeah, at that point, who gives a shit? I mean, you're dead. I hope all my friends show up in hunting clothes because that, that would be a great tribute to me. But, hey, anyway. show up butt naked. Give them something to talk about. You know what? That'd make it a lot more interesting than my funeral. I'll tell you that. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let me ask you a question, to, um, you know, for our audience as well. What is C-suite? Give us. Um, yeah, you know, that's what, a great. What, that's a great question. Yeah. That's a great question. So the C-Suite Network, uh, we have C-Suite Network, C-Suite Network Advisors, C-Suite uh, Radio, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Book Club. It's all things C-Suite. But basically, we're tar- there's 28 million businesses in North America. Now, if you sit down and take 28 million businesses and put them across by dollar amount, you'd have 20 million that are under a million dollars. And you got seven that are a million to a, over a billion. But right. if you take that and break that down even further, you have what seven point five million between you know um, up to ten million, and ten million you got five hundred eighty-five thousand businesses up to you know uh, um, uh, hang on, I have to remember that a billion, ten million, ten million to a hundred million, and then and then you know fifteen thousand businesses, and then over a billion you have over seventy-five hundred. So it's 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 only about five and a half to million businesses that are over five million or greater. That's it. Right. Out of 28 right. million. So so it's just amazing to see that, you know, to see a couple of percentage points. And that controls 96 percent of all the spend. We focus our attention on businesses over five million or greater. Um, we typically used to be focused at 10 million or greater. Now we're going at five. And the reason is we figure by the time you get to five, you're actually going to get to 10. You know, over time, sure. you've pretty much made it. You know, we've washed out most of the businesses at that point. And so we focus on, on those officers who are VPs or higher. So uh, if you're a VP or higher, VP of finance, VP of marketing, VP of sales, you know, or the chief marketing officer, chief sales officer, chief HR officer, then you're invited to participate and you qualify, first of all, just for free. You're a member for free. And then we have uh, services that we sell or membership levels that we sell. And then we invite you to events and to to network. It's kind of like, you know, when I was at, at Kodak. I was part of a group called the M50. M50 was I paid $50,000 to meet four times a year with peers of the top 50 companies in right. the world, top 50 brands. Mm-hmm. And that was extremely valuable to me. And I said, geez, how can we take that idea and, and push that across more? Um, and because I know that the value of a network is in who I know and knowing more people, and and trusting those people in linkedin today it do, i don't get it's not a trusted network i mean everybody's right. trying to hit me up i don't know who they are um i don't know if they're real or not i don't know um you know what the value is but but if i get a another cmo or another c-level executive say this is a friend of mine right. they, that tells me something right yeah so i love they, that idea yeah so that's what the yeah. c-level so- about very cool, and I, I love uh, the concept. Obviously, I dove a you know a little bit deeper, uh, but I wanted to give a, a an idea for our audience so that they can go look if it if, if it meets some of the things you just talked about. Um, let's go back to Mastermind for a second because you said that you invested um, uh, opposed to paid, which I like that language. You invested into that at 50k and and you got some valuable information out of that. Can you help the audience uh, you know understand? Um, you know, what uh, that looked like, um, you know, in particular to some of the, you know, events or circumstances that may not have happened if you weren't in uh, or influenced by some of the people in a mastermind. Just want to give them a broad perspective of, you know, how powerful a mastermind, assuming you're in, you know, one that works for you, can be and, and what they can, you know, uh, maybe, maybe for those who know what they don't know, uh, maybe from that perspective. Yeah, th- this one was particular only marketing executives. So only marketing executives could participate. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, when we started the C-suite network, we started a number of mastermind groups 
for uh, some of our target publics uh, to take a look at and say, hey, how did we want to roll out the C-suite network? Right, and at what right. price points could we do that at based on uh, the market that we were in? So we found out we could, you know, go fairly high, um, you know, into that $50,000 range. And it was fairly simple to do, but you had to have the value. And that's the key thing. So when you go into a mastermind, you want to say, look, I want to look at it from a networking perspective of networking with other people who are like me, like-minded individuals. But then the program or education is part of that mastermind or part of that group. And then when you have that education, then that's helping me to expand beyond those people who are around me. Right. So I'm learning from different people. So for me, you know, we had people like, um, um, you know, the CEO of of some major, major uh, fragrance companies. Uh, I can't remember the name. you know, not the Estee Lauder. So the CEO of Estee Lauder would come in and talk about, you know, rolling out new products, what it was like and how to take an Estee Lauder product at this level and talked about some very high end products and, and what it was like to do that in a multicultural environment, you know, and and talk about culture. So then we had Robert Redford come in and talk about the stuff that he was doing with Sundance or, or, you know, even we had, you know, in our, my world, you know, was, you know, look, I used to go to the Oscars. I used to go to the Academy Awards because that's the business that I was in with Kodak, you know. So, you know, dealt with people at that level. So Magic Johnson would come in and talk about, you know, Magic opened up franchises in inner city communities. Like he had Fat Burger and a couple of others. And so, you know, he was doing some of that kind of work. So get the chance. There were guys coming in and talking to us about mobile back in 2008 when mobile wasn't even cool yet and why is that important because well my job is to come up with a mobile strategy and it has to be a lot more than just say "Mm, geez i have an iphone app so what does that mean how does that work so um, to have the ceo evan stone come in and talk about twitter when it was in 2007 you know um you know and, and and get an inside look at what that was so that was like one of the first thousand people on twitter you know, and wow. what the value of what that was going to be 10 years from then. Sure. And so, so, so that's the value. So the, and that becomes the education. Then, you know, then you want access to something else. So what is that access? That's typically what a mastermind will give you. Uh, maybe it's access to opportunities, access to capital, access to, you know, uh, other people, access to ideas. And so I think those are the three things I would concentrate on. And, you know, we run a, a group called the Hero Club, which is only for CEOs of companies that want to become heroes, uh, heroes to their employees and heroes to their communities or hero companies. These are the companies that other people most aspire to. And so we've created that organization. Actually, we bought the organization and now we're expanding it greatly. And the fourth thing that we work on, and then that's really truly a mastermind group, is then we also have a component called fun because we believe you have to have a balance in your life. And I think that's mm-hmm. something you want to be able to do. Thank but you. Each awesome. ma- e- you know, each mastermind is different. So, you know, but sure. those are, you know, I think those are the three fundamental points that you have to have in a mastermind. And then then I would tell people to check the group out. Right. You know, is it you know, what's the what's the level of what's the level of success that other people have had? And how have they how has the group met their condition of satisfaction? Now, I don't don't always trust the advice you get either. Because you got to remember some people you got to put, here's the key thing about a mastermind. You're only going to get into it, what you what out of it, what you put into it. 
And a lot of people go in with a catcher's mitt, hoping to receive and just catch and catch and catch. You you (laughs) got to throw the, you know, you have to learn to throw the fricking ball back. Well, it's a two way street. Yeah. There's no question. There's got to be a two way street or else it's not going to be productive for anybody. Yeah. But you get that. I mean, I get, you know, we, I've been in masterminds or groups and I've had to go to people and say, you know, you're not cut out for this. Right. You're very, you're very selfish. Yeah. So I, pr- I appreciate it, but you know, you have to put in and you can't show up five minutes before the event unprepared. You can't, you can't right. show up and, and not participate and be doing your email the whole freaking time. It, it, right. It, right. You spend money, jump in here, man, get in the pool, yeah, it, take your yeah, clothes sure. off and get in the pool. Well, that's the difference. Investing is, you know, you put the work in when you take a, you know, a perspective on it like that. Um, because you didn't invest to, to not make something, you know, out of it, you know, like you said, what was it going to give you the access to, um, you know, with the end in mind, I guess. Alan, what else do we have for Jeffrey? I love this. Uh, I love where we're going with it. I think we have another audience uh, question uh, as well. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab one of mine here first. I'm going to be selfish and, and yeah, one of my it. questions in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love yeah. it. Let's do it. We, uh, Jeffrey, Chris and I talk a lot about, uh, you know, being bold and acting bold, thinking bold and, and doing bold things. And what does that really mean? And we try to give examples of, uh, you know, how we're doing it, but how other companies are doing it. But, um, you know, and, and what does that mean, uh, you know, from your perspective? And I know on your C-suite TV, you tackle some real emerging uh, concepts and opportunities. And I've got a two-part question for you with that in mind. Um, you know, what do you see on the near horizon? I had to write this down because I want to make sure I got it right. Uh, what do you see on the near horizon on the topic of this is a key point collaboration between new emerging technologies uh, and established global brands similar to what uh, you were interviewing uh, HCL was doing with Manchester United, okay, yeah, which I think is, is a great perspective. And then what does that mean to the end consumer? You know, so so like that's a great example. Matt Pressure, who's the CMO there, a great guy. He's been at a number of different companies over the years. I first met him at a b2b marketing event uh, about 10 years ago that's how long i've known him maybe even a little longer and he was at ibm at the time and uh then he's gone on to a couple different companies now the cmo of hcl you know here's a partnership where you know they've got a major partner man united called aon and aon has this major partnership at hcl most people aren't even familiar a seven billion dollar company Okay. Wow. Sourcing company out of India, global company, very good, and uh, they're around the Internet of Things, around a whole bunch of th- you know a whole bunch of technologies that these guys do, and they went ahead and did a partnership, you know, not as the main partner, which they could be, because of mm-hmm. how big they are, but as a sub partner inside of 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 uh, eight, uh, Manchester United to do what to figure out how devices are being used, to figure out the way that the people are sharing information, technology, and then they take the learnings from that and they're able to apply it into corporations and companies. So it's a really smart way of being able to say, you know, this isn't, uh, we're not gonna get a lot of accolades for this. We're not gonna get all the PR for this. We're not gonna get all this, but we're gonna try something. We don't even know what we're gonna get, but we're going to give it a shot. And I thought that was pretty cool to be able to do that. And and to, to say we're going to even set aside some of our budget for that to not allocate every dollar we have, but to to look at dollars that we will allocate that will give us some breakthroughs that we didn't know we had. And so right. that's one of those things that they did. I just had to interview them again, actually. Um, because they were just named one of the really top innovative brands in, and I just, I love watching companies like that, you know, certainly 
There's some other ones like Duncan or Domino's. Domino's, look at Domino's, what Domino's yeah. is doing. Um, you know, I interviewed them a few years ago about, you know, their pizza. They had this commercial that said our pizza tastes like cardboard. I said, who the fuck, you know, says our pizza tastes like cardboard and spends money on it and advertises that their pizza sucks. And then look, but what's the response? They're, they're, they're outperforming almost every major tech, tech stock right now. It's just amazing just because they tell the truth. And, and I think it's, it's and, and transparent. So that's a pretty cool thing. And they're, by the way, they're doing it with the phone right now. Right now they're doing it with an app. So you call them and, and they say, uh, don't call us. We suck. We, heck, we don't even speak English. So don't even give us the order over the phone. Why don't you just order it on your phone? And, um, and then, and then if you screw it up, it's your fault. It's your fault. So, yeah. But, but, you know, cause this is the most personal device that there is in the world is your right. phone. Right. I mean, right. you know where you, right. you know where your phone is more than you know where your children are. Think about it. You lose your kids and your phone at the same time at the mall. Which one you go looking for first. <laughs> I don't know, I call that that's a bit of a, a laugh out of that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that right there. I love it. I love it. Um, so Dave Clare asks, why is the disengagement rates of employees on the rise when you consider all the money we are spending on leadership development, approximately fifteen billion uh, in US in the US alone to create better leaders? What needs to change? Stop going to freaking seminars. So, you know, you know, and start doing what the things that you learned in the freaking seminars. How about that? You know, I love it. How about, how about, you know, look, be, be open and be transparent in, in, and I call it radically transparent. Look, you, in my operation, we talk about everything. We're, in fact, the, the office is wide open. People say, well, geez, I don't want to open office. What happens if I have a conversation with my husband and we're fighting? Well, we know you're fighting with your husband. What difference does it make? You know, so now we all know. So, so, but no, I think what happens is we, we spend all the money talking about it and not doing it. And, you know, you know, an idea not implemented is only air, you know? Right. And right. that's really and what that, we see see from these things. I'm not saying don't go to seminars and don't go to those things, but implement the stuff that you learn and put right. the systems in place and don't stop until you get it. And the problem is we stop. And it's it's right. hard. I say in my book, it's 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 about being relentless. You know, right. it, it, it's 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 called hard work because it's freaking hard. It's not easy to do. And and that it's not easy. True. And it's not easy even in my own organization for me to. You know, somebody called me about something this morning and I just rent down their throat and I had to call back five minutes later and say, I apologize. I was mad about something else. And I, and I went after you on that. You're absolutely right. We should do this. This is what we should get done. And, you, you, you know, that's what leaders need to do. Leaders need to be able to see that one, anyone can come to me and they can do it and change it. And you're not going to die if you make a mistake. Um, you know, um, I'm going to let you make some mistakes, but I'm going to, if you keep making them, I'm going to, you know, I love you, but we're going to miss you. But, you know, you, you need to, you know, learn from those things. Right. So, and I think For that's sure. the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing is we just don't, we go, we think about it, we talk about it. So it's a great question, but we don't implement it. And it's about implementation. And if you don't implement stuff, nothing happens. I love boots on the ground and got to make it work. Yeah. yeah. And one of my coaches used to tell, you know, say, uh, and he still says it a lot, um, is, you know, uh, it's mental masturbation. Um, when you just go and constantly learn without applying and, and, you know, learning from what you're applying, whether it's a mistake or, you know, uh, something that's going to work as a success. 
um, it's about taking that action. So thanks for uh, answering that. Did you for... masturbation on that live podcast? <laughs> I did. I, I did. I, you know? See, I get bleeped on my own show. This is awesome show. I don't know. <laughs> You're looking at the editor right here, and I'm just going to be off that day. So <laughs> Right, 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 right. That, that, that's how it works. Uh, but, you know, getting ready to get ready, it sounds like. And, you know, right. um, it's about doing and uh, learning from that. And, and I think that that's um, – you know, from a from a leadership standpoint, is just what you said is just lead people by making decisions and and uh, figuring it to go right. You know, I call it the Caitlin rule in our operation. You know, I had a person who was working for me, a young name, gal named Caitlin, came to me and said, "You know, Mr. Hazel, do we do we need color copies of the presentation?" I go, I turned to her and I said, "Well, Caitlin." She's working for a company named Tallgrass. I said, you, you don't know this, but I, we, we help at Tallgrass. One of the things they do is they help small companies go big. So they're helping this company get ready to go public. So we're going to go meet with the CEO in about five minutes and, and talk to him about the plans for what they were going to do. And as chairman of the company, I'm usually at a lot of those bigger presentations, not so much anymore, but I used to be. Um, this was a number of years ago. So so um, today, the, there's I get clients, I don't even know who they are, in essence, who they are, because the team's just doing a great job of, of handling all the things that we've right. got. But but so she turned to me, she sat my next to my desk, I said, well, Caitlin, you're new here, so you probably don't know this. But I turned to her and I said, you, here's the deal. You, I said, in fact, I'm naming the rule after you. You only get 21 questions to ask me in a month. I'm going to call it the Caitlin rule. You can ask me any 21 questions you want. You can ask me the meaning of life. You can ask me what's the best train to get across town. You can ask me where the best Italian restaurant is in New York City. Often. You can ask me, does uh, this dress make me look look good? I, I don't care. Ask me any freaking question you want. Is that one of your 21 questions? And she goes, I don't think so. I said, well, good career move. Because if I have to answer that, what do I need you for? And I, yeah. <laughs> I said, look, my job as a CEO of this company, chairman of this company, and doing the TV and doing all the stuff I do is to hit a mark in front of a camera, on a stage, or in front of a client. And your job is to make sure that I'm prepared and, and to have everything I need to do the things I need to do. That's your job. And I said, I said, you're, you're part of tall grass. Tall grass is you want to run with the big dogs. You got to learn to pee with the, in the tall grass. And I said, you're, you're a big dog. That's why we hired you. You're going to have my chair someday. I said, you're going to be CEO of this company. I have no doubt about it. Oh, and if not CEO, one of the owners, one of the partners, whatever, you're going to be big, but yet you're asking me a question. I think you already know the answer to, I said, by the way, do you have time to make the color copies? And she said, no, I said, no. Well, then why did you ask me a freaking question? If you already knew the answer, why did you ask me a question? Don't ever ask me a question like that again. Get out of my office. Right. And, and, right. and it wasn't to be mean or harsh, but this gets right. back to the earlier question that a gentleman asked, you know, about letting people do the things they're supposed to do. So, so right. Caitlin will never make that mistake again. Now, and we use that rule all the time in here, you know, like, um, you know, people ask me, well, what, what should I do with these books? Well, why are you asking me? You know, why are you asking me? This is what you do. This is what this is what I ask you to do. This is what we said we were going to do. This is what you promised me. You gave me a condition of satisfaction, a promise that said we were going to do these things. Well, freaking go do them. Well, what happens if I make a mistake? Okay, is anyone going to die? Figure it out. Yeah, no one's going to die. How about we move forward with it? You know. Right. You know, I I I have a mentor and a good friend, Bob Proctor, and he always told me from from day one about 18 years ago, riding the riding the front of a plane in the back of a car. 
And that wasn't an arrogant thing. It was just that spend your day doing what you know you love to do, what really matters to you, and you've hired the right people to take care of the rest of the stuff and make them accountable. And I think there's a lot of a lot of times a lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. They try to tackle everything. And uh, you know, hire hire the right folk, invest in the right people, let them do what they need to do to make you shine, to make you do it, to, to allow you to do what you do. Yep. And I think and allow everyone to allow everyone to do what they do. What they do. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we and we have this problem right today in our own startup with our company is, you know, there's got to be everybody's involved in every decision. Get out. No, no. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, we, you don't need a group to be able to decide yeah. that. Let's, to let, let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. Let's let's categorize all this as noise. How does the how does the entrepreneur what, what what's a great way to deal with all the noise with social media and all the connectivity and everybody's saying you have to you should you sh-, you know you should me you need to be doing this how do you cut out all the noise how do you know what noise is good and what noise is bad you got to kill squirrels man all right here's the deal in the movie okay, there's a movie write this one down yeah, write this one down you got to kill squirrels man so in the movie in the movie up was an old man. Uh, yeah. Kind of an Ed Asner character and a young scout who went on this adventure to Paradise Falls. And they ran into Doug the talking dog. Now, Doug had a collar that was outfitted by his evil master that allowed you to hear his inner thoughts. And so Doug ran up to the young scout and the old man and said, Ooh, you seem like nice people. You smell like vanilla. I like you very much. My name is Doug. My master has given me this collar. You can hear everything I say. Squirrel. Because he's a freaking dog. He's yeah. a dog. <laughs> And so he's distracted by squirrels. So guess what? Dogs out there, that's what you are, man. You're entrepreneurs. And you like to chase this and chase that and see this and do this and do that. And this will kill your business. And and what you have to do is find those things that are going to drive your business every single day and concentrate on that. And so constantly people are going to hold up a shiny object. They're going to give you a distraction, give you something. And you have to kill squirrels every day. And focus in on the things that are important for your business. And if you don't, you will die. Excellent. Great advice. You got to charge everything back. Charge it all back to your right. mission and what it is you're going to really going to do. If it doesn't, if it doesn't propel it, then don't do it. And I think yeah. a lot of people that don't do that, they think this is really a good idea. So and so is doing it. I could do this too. It is a good idea, but it may not be in harmony with what I'm trying to accomplish. Correct. Is it going to give you the scale that you need? Is it going to give you the, you know, the, the market share that you need, the margins you need, the, the, the customer, you know, attraction that you need, all the things above, whatever it is that you're driving, you know, those are the focus that you have to do. You know, every day I start off with a list that, you know, that basically, you know, is my calendar, but I write off, here's my, you know, now, next, and, and forever. Those are my lists that I that I write every single now, day. Now, next I, and forever. Now, next and forever. Yeah. And, I love and, it. I love yeah, it. now is means this is this is the stuff of shit I got to get done today, man. Here's my investor notes. I got this thing with Chicago. I got this deal with with this big billionaire guy. I got this deal here with the board <laughs> on this thing. And then and next are these the things I got to get done this week, you know, for projects and so forth. And then forever are those big things how am i doing on sales how am i doing on this how you know those kinds sure, of things sure sure well look at uh and i want to just uh you know thank you again taking time out um with uh lists like that folks and and that's the kind of heart uh i think jeffrey has is he um he he takes uh life uh with that uh fun factor and, and you can see that from you jeffrey so i wanted to acknowledge that and appreciate that i've got a question from colin Colin asks, what was it like to uh, work with uh, Donald Trump? 
<laughs> well, I still work with him. It's not over. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, actually. So right. uh, great. You know, first of all, he's, I think he's batshit crazy, but um, but that's OK. He's the president <laughs> of the United States. So, um, so, you know, so we should just get used to it and get over it. Actually, I love the tension he's bringing to the process. Right. He's he's making us think he's making us. Yeah, it's it's you know, is it is it always the best? Probably not. But you know what? It's different. And and so I love that. By the way, I love that with Bernie Sanders, too. I thought sure. Bernie Sanders and he lightened up this elections like you we've never seen. We've never sure. had a more inner energetic, energetic. But look, he is what he is. You see what he is. I will tell you privately. He's just a total gentleman. He's a total just great guy. Um, I've always right. respected him for that. If you look at the people who work around him, they've worked for him for 30, 40 years. You can't be an asshole and have somebody work for you for that long. And then look right. at his children, his children of all the people you should think should be screwed up in this world. You know, he's got three different uh -huh. wives or four different wives and he's got you sure. know that, that many waves of children. And yet look at them. They're all doing pretty good. So that says something that, you know, first of all, he picked good, good, you know, he and his spouses were you know, compatible, some good people. And then he's been a constant in their lives. And the first, first thing when he started running for who stood up on the stage with him is children. Sure, sure, and sure. Um, I don't know that all, I don't know that all, I don't know that all, all uh, politicians could say that. So, yeah. And, um, I, and I agree. Hundred percent. And then you should get used to call me Ambassador Hazlett. So that's all. That's all I got to say. I love it. I love it. I like it. Hey, don't forget us. All right. You know, we came yeah, uh, on our show. And, yeah. We, no, need to, no. we need to be on your now list. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Keep us on now, your now list. list. Now, yeah. Well. You know, Alan, a lot to think about. You know, C-Suite, um, you know, is a great, great network, and, uh, and I'm learning more and more uh, about that, and we're going to have some further discussions. But uh, I do believe it does come down to character, and, it, you know, the character is what cuts through when you scrape away everything else and the noise. And you made some really valid points about, you know, identifying one's character and, you know, <laughs> We all have a journey to go where we're going, and um, you know a lot of things are going to happen along the way. But it's how you, uh, you know, uh, deal with them and uh, deal with others. I mean, that's a, that's a big key to life is how you deal with others. Uh, give us uh, the audience uh, a little bit of insight to, uh, you know, that just perspective uh, of your character and 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 what you believe, um, uh, because you know I, I think uh, you know for what you've created, um, it, it took a certain character. And uh, I think it's, you know, uh, for our audience, um, you know, learning a little bit more about you and, and how that, you know, shape uh, took shape. That'd be great. Yeah, well, I you know, it's hard to always talk about oneself, but, you know, I, I tend to look at things uh, fairly simple and that I am have a fairly ser servant mentality. If I serve others, they help serve me. And, you know, and, and we all serve each other. And by serving each other, we're always better. So. Look, if, I mean, I was I came into this office in Sioux Falls today, and the first thing I did was, after unloading my pickup truck and bringing some folding chairs in, I vacuumed the floor. <laughs> I, you know, because I, I needed vacuuming. And by the way, when I'm vacuuming the floor, if my other people see me vacuuming the floor, what are they going to do? Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it, it, sets a, it sets an example of, look, this is what we need to do. And then, then the next thing I did was turn to the one of our new employees and I said, Hey, you know, Bill, you're, you're, you're the NFG. He goes, what's the NFG? I said, new fucking guy. And, and, go, and, 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 and he goes, well, what's that mean? I said, that means you're going to go build the shelf. And, you know, 
and 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 then I said, and who's the who's the newest new NFG before you? And then everybody pointed at Mike, who wasn't there. And I said, well, then then you get Mike to help you because that's the way right. it works. If and, you're Mike, you know, always show up. <laughs> but yeah, that's one thing. He's gonna be—he's really pissed that he took his dog to the vet today. But, but anyway, but no, but it's—it sets this mentality. You got to pay your dues, you know. And and you're the NFG, and you're this or that. But you know, nobody can. You don't see anybody bitching to me about you know I got a bill. What do you mean? Look, I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. This. That's my. That's not my job. Hey, hey, hey. Look, did you just see me vacuuming? You know, I don't have to say that. All right. And, right. and and not, not that I do it for those reasons. I do it because it, I like a clean floor. I, I clean the bathrooms. Right. I like a clean bathroom. I, I, right. I pick up after things because it, if I'm serving you, how can I help you and so forth and so on? I just think that says a lot. And the more that we do that, I think it, it gives back. And so it comes yeah. and it And by the way, I think it comes back. You know, I think it comes back. You know, it's like I will tell you that most of the time, like right, right now, um, I get so busy in, in my day, literally, you, I mean, literally my calendar is full. I mean, it's just packed, you know, there's nothing that's open and the dark spots are media things. And you can even see that I'm double booked on a lot of things, which means I, I jump in a call, get off and go join the other call, which is what the, <laughs> the team has me doing. And, and so look, I don't have time for lunch. Do you know what somebody did for me yesterday? They came and knocked on my door and said, Jeff, can I get you lunch? <laughs> I didn't ask him. You know, and I said, oh, that would be awesome for you to do that. And then she you know, shows me a menu, and, and she's a senior person here. And I said, well, what do you get? And she goes, well, I'm going to go there too. I said, well, let me buy you lunch. Forget me lunch. And that wasn't her intent, you know, but what a surprise both ways, you know. So those are the things that I think you, because you lead, you know, they lead back, and that's pretty cool. You foster good leadership. And there's nothing yeah. more honorable than to be in service to another human being. I mean, when, you, yeah. when it comes right down to it, that's the yeah. biggest thing we you'd ever do in the history of the world anyways. Yeah. Whoever they are, whoever they are, whatever they are. And so, right. I, you know, I grew up very, very, very humble. And um, I still live a fair, what I consider a very humble life, although I get a lot of nice things, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, um, I like I like the trappings of success. Don't Please don't, don't misunderstand that. I do. But at the same time, I'm just as happy doing anything else. I mean, yesterday, as soon as I, I rushed out of here home, so because I had three hours of daylight left and I could mow the, I could mow my my acreage, so I was on the mower. You know, my tractor. What kind of riding mower you got? Big question. I know it's a two. It's a, I don't know. It's a pull behind behind my Kubota right now, but I've got to get a Kawasaki because Kawasaki is going to be one of my new sponsors. So the Kubota. Oh, wow. Tired of having some real trouble with that Kubota. It kind of overheats too much, and so I don't like it. So I need I need a good Kawasaki. <laughs> and then I want a John Deere or something else on top of that. But my wife won't oh, want to have a Deere. No, she's yeah. afraid that I'm going to roll it. So so anyway, uh, yeah. So I told her we're still going to get it. But that's all right. Well, we're we're really happy that we made your list with, with all the things going on. I mean, you and I didn't know each other from Jack Squat a while back. You know, I've been following you for a long time, and now Chris has been following you. And we go, we need to try to figure out a way to get see if we can get on Jeffrey's radar. And uh, thank you for uh, for listening. It, well, it was, thanks it, a lot. It, for sure. Nice for sure. that, that you did that. Well, no, no. If you you know, you, we all got here because of other people. And um, the second you think you're too big for your britches is about the time you get your butt kicked. So, 
that's uh, uh, my guess what my there grandmother used to tell me so there you go i love it well you know to the audience uh, thanks for tuning in uh jeffrey um uh, keep being awesome i love what uh, you're up to and I, I look forward to having a, a long relationship in the future and learning more from you guys um and your team uh alan always a pleasure my friend and uh, i just want Bye. to sign off by saying what i always say on every show do something nice for someone today This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.